Welcome to Operator Syndrome. We're here with Jose. We're talking about his career in the Ranger Regiment. Um, and specifically, we are, at this point in your timeline, we're talking about um, your deployments in the sniper section. And I was surprised when we were talking before, I was trying to think of how many times you had deployed after I left. And, yes. And in the sniper section and some other roles, which we'll talk about. But it was a lot. You did a lot after I left. I was yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the war wasn't over yet after you left. Contrary to popular belief. There was still more bangers, I think. So good for you. Good for you. Thank you for your service. Um, you. So I think we talked about two deployments. And maybe, maybe an interesting way to split it up is, because um, I know it probably all starts to run together, but maybe like the... The way to think about it is the different, and forgive me, I don't know what you call them. Is it sniper buddy, sniper partner? What do you call it? The other uh, guy in your your little element? Uh, a sniper BFF, I think. I'm joking. It's a, no, just, a, it's like a sniper team, you know, but. Uh, sniper team, know. okay. Yeah, sniper There's team. no term for it? You know what? I used to, uh, there's a guy named Rodriguez, from Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. He used to call the snot team, which I didn't like, but. It's not. It's not. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Because I think it just meant sniper team. Uh, That's one term, I guess, they would use. Yeah, what Uh, does that say? Wouldn't the T stand for team? So would it, you know, like people say team. I think think that's why I didn't like it. I think it was just snot. Hey, snot. Yeah, just not like CAC, CAC card. Yeah. Common access card card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, at least for us, that I remember there was no special terms other than you know sniper team or so we'll call them your the we'll call them your other half for now so so you start who was your first i actually my first when i went my first deployment as in the sniper section was with uh i don't know if you remember the the kid he was a very skinny red-headed kid sure 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 all right you start out with him and then yes. you did a what two deployments with paired up with him? No, I did uh, one deployment with him. Okay. Second deployment was with uh, another gentleman from. Uh, he was a a kid from third um, third platoon. Okay. Um, and then another one was with a was of ours. Um, he was a RTO before that. Okay. If you remember him, and I think I did. You know what? That was it. So it was those uh, those three, those three. Yeah. So you did most of them with the guy who used to be who is a comms guy, RTO. Yes. Okay. Um, and you were the senior, the senior guy, senior shooter. Not the first one. Not not the one when when I first got there. No, the senior guy was. uh, Oh no, I meant the the later deployments when you were paired up with the RT with the guy who's formerly an RTO. Okay. So let's talk about you know those those deployments. Are you towards the end of those? And I think I think we tried to total up. You had four or five deployments as mm-hmm. in the as in the sniper section. I think we talked about two. So for those last three to five, we'll say where you were probably paired up with this guy. We'll call him B for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're partnering up with him, are you? Was that all at, at that point? Was it only Afghanistan, or had you gone in those last three? Had you gone back to Iraq? Oh, I think uh, it was all Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Those last for the last appointment, 
But actually, with the other dude, and and I'm thinking, you know, now that I think about it, I think it was just maybe two deployments with him, maybe one or two. Mm. With okay. so it wasn't that many as in the in in the in the sniper section. I think it was. I think one with each of the first two, and then two I think with with the last one. Okay. And, uh, so I mean, it's still a lot, but I think uh, after that it was you know different uh different uh jobs that i had in work but uh sure. and we'll talk and it we'll, was afghanistan though the, the last two for sure so any so anything about those i mean any any anything stick out in your mind about those last couple sniper deployments um i will tell you that different companies uh operate differently mm. Uh, when when utilizing their their uh, their snot team, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's something that I learned because I, I when I got to the sniper section, I didn't really know much about the sniper section. Um, I was in the best shot. Uh, I learned a lot. I'll tell you that much. A lot of very smart guys in there, very good shots in there, and you will learn a lot because you will shoot a lot. Um, and it's not just the shooting; it's it's what you do is a at least how they utilize us, right? So we are basically, I want to say, like forward observers, if you will. Okay. Um, our main job was to get off that bird. You were basically on the front of that formation with the platoon sergeant. If you had EOD, you'd be with those guys as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, once you got to your let um, LCC, if you will, you know, I'm a face to call. I'm sure they call it that still. Uh, right before you set out to where your target is the those teams the special teams like eod and especially in parts of afghanistan eod had to lead mm-hmm. right um and then the snot team would have to lead with them and kind of break off right mm. and once you break off you set up shop on a as high as a position as you could so mm-hmm. you can overwatch you know and once you got there you you know you send your call they snipers team set and uh, and they would move forward, and you overwatch them, and they just kind of report anything you see, and uh, and adjust uh, accordingly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the next fill is the same thing. Overwatch your movement, and, and then link up with them uh, as they pass by. So there's you know that's kind of basically how it went. So but there's there's, there's companies, and I got to work with, I think two different companies, uh, three actually. Uh, how they use this, you know, some people wanted us there with them, like, no, you're coming in with us and you're going to set up close to me. Other people are like, no, we don't want to even see you. Just make sure that you can see us type team. So, and then, and you had to adjust, adjust for that, you know, and you would do that. Uh, you, you would, you would do that be- way before you even got to the target, you know, because you get your, you get imagery, uh, which I think everybody knows that uh, mm-hmm. about where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And then you would, you would, and you and the other team member would go, hey, listen, this is where we're going to set up shop. And from this specific, this point right here, I know that my distance to that, you know, main avenue of approach is this much uh, uh, meters. Uh, you know, I know everything. I, I know where everything is from, from that, from that piece of paper. So when I get there, every time I look at something, you know, an entrance, I'm like, I know exactly how, how many, you know, middle dots on my reticle. If, you know, I'm ready to go. I, I, 
I've, you know, you feel ready to send that shot if you have to, you know, but other companies, like I said, they're like, no, nah, I just need you right here. If something happens, you know, you're, you're basically another, uh, you know, like another gun, another gun team. Mm-hmm. And didn't really make good use of the, of the team, but, you know, they are the platoon sergeant at the time and they outrank you. Although, you know, if you are, some, there's some teams that are like, I don't care what you say, man. This is not what my job is. I'm going to go do all that over there. Mm-hmm. And you could do that, but I, I was not, um, I just did what I was told, basically. <laughs> that was not your style. No. So when you would, so you described, you described the, the sniper element having to do some wayfinding. Some might call it like, you know, being a point man, sort of navigating out to the objective alongside EOD. That makes sense. I That makes sense for how we used to do it when I was in, although not necessarily. Because um, when I was in, we weren't that concerned with the IED threat. So it would often be one of the platoon's team leaders that would lead out. Um, yeah. And so that that's a little bit that is a little bit different. And I've heard you describe it. And I've heard other units, different units, you know, talking seals, marines, other kind of thing. Like that's actually a pretty common use of the sniper element to use them for um, navigating, have them lead out. And and when you go to Xville, have them lead out to go, you know, establish, you know, the 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 pickup. So okay, you're doing that. Um, you well, you had mentioned the. I think this might be an interesting quick segue, but you'd mentioned how the how different the companies were, um, yeah. and how they use the snipers. But maybe also generally, I'm interested in your take. Um, you grew up in Bco. Um, yeah. I was only ever in Bco. I never worked with anyone else, the other companies. Even you know, just looking at them from like a distance, you would be like, man, they're it does seem weird over there. And I don't know why that is, but, but you know, we're all wearing basically the same uniforms, but the way they handled, like, you'd be like, there are very big differences in how we work. And obviously, <laughs> like, who are those weirdos? Are like, the one thing I remember in terms of differences, because again, I, I never saw them, uh, you know, hit a target, do anything. Um, I've heard good things. They get the job, they're rangers, so they get the job done. And that's the important part. But they're always small things. Like I remember, who was the company that was in the same like building, whatever you call it, but across from us was that C? That was C. Yeah. So Charlie Cooper is a different a different thing either too. So one one little thing I always remember is like like the guys in that other company, whatever it was, like they always had a million different pouches on the back of their plate carrier. I was like, these guys think they're freaking like green. Like they think they're high speed. And everyone in Beco just used the map. It was either slick back or we use the map because it's a big bag and we just dump stuff in there. And that was just one of those small. And they would like the other company would never use them. And the map it for someone who doesn't know, it's just a it's like a, a little backpack that you attach to your plate carrier, like your body armor. And that's such a small thing. But if you've ever been in special opera or even the military in general, like how you set up your kit. Yeah. It is something that's very intimate and very important to you. And so I would just always notice like, why do they have why to have why instead of one big bag do they use 20 different little pouches? Like they look like they're trying to be Delta Force over here. You know? 
So like any things like that you picked up on, and it could be bigger things. That's that's very minor, but anything like that you picked up on. Oh no, so I see I I one of the last appointments I I I was with Charlie Company. Okay. Actually the last the last two, I believe. Um yes, I was with Charlie Company. No, I'm sorry, not the last two, but before that. Uh something about. But anyways, I was with Charlie Company. First time meeting this guy, the platoon sergeant. And uh the platoon sergeant was was a badass dude, bro. That guy had and I'm sure people have heard of him. I don't want to, I don't know if I can name it up, but he sure. was missing the leg from a prior engagement. And uh, he was still out there being a platoon sergeant. Mm -hmm. like, I, I, that's just like one of the toughest people I've, I've seen in my life, you know? Uh, and uh, <laughs> so I go to meet this guy. And he goes, uh, so I go, hey, sergeant, uh, you know, it was cold outside. I thought it was cold outside, but just this is to give you an idea of how, uh, how this program is going to go with Charlie Company. So I go to I go to meet him and I go, hey sir, we're gonna do your new uh you know your sniper team for the deployment. Uh wanna introduce ourselves. So whenever you guys go to training, there's not there's another thing. Whenever you work with a company, you will work with them from the beginning of that training cycle to the deployment, throughout the deployment, right? Because you need to learn you know their SOPs and stuff like that. And um, so and how they want to utilize, you know what I mean? So I go to say hi, I introduce the other guy. And he looks at us like, uh, what happened to the other team? I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So he goes, I'm just, all right. And then like, but he looked us up and down, like, you know, I guess like you should, you know, to make sure that we're worthy of uh, being in your company for the moment being. And sure. as I'm walking out there, their first sergeant, who there's companies that don't, do not like uh, the fact that there is a separate company for uh, special teams like um, snipers or canine or um, what's the other one? You know, just, just recce. Exactly, they don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> they think that they should all be bundled as one. I mean, which for the most part, for a while, it was like that because if you remember, we had uh, marksmen in the companies. Mm -hmm. So somebody would get like um, it was um, M one ten. You go, you're yeah. gonna be the marksman, and you're gonna walk around with this M one ten. Yeah, and you could, you know, and you, you that that'd be your job. Anyways, well, he wasn't happy, too happy with it. And he's looking at me, he goes, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm the, with a new, <laughs> with a new sniper team, uh, first time. He goes, take that jacket off. I'm like, oh, Roger. Does no, why are you wearing the jacket? I'm like, it's cold, uh, it's cold outside first time. He goes, no, it's not. I'm like, I'll take it off. I'm like, okay, I'll take it off. And I said, okay, take it like, I took the other guy, I take the jacket off. Like, so he did the jackets off. <laughs> and then he looked at us again, like, who, who are these, who are these guys? You know what I mean? And so we left. And I was like, man, this is going to be a, a rough deployment, and uh, it was like working with those guys. I'll give you this: Charlie Company is very uh, physically strong. I'll tell you that much. They are they're they're good, man. They're they're a great company. Sure. Uh, at least in time when I was there, they had really good uh, team leaders, squad leaders. But you're right; it is a very different ball game from Bico. You know what I mean? Um, I'll give you a mission in particular. They got off the bird. These dudes were already shooting at the bird. And these guys got off the bird shooting. You know what I mean? They didn't give me and the other guy a chance to even, okay, let's see who's out there. Nope. Just run and da 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 da. You know what I mean? And and they took care of the situation even before we got a chance to uh set up. You know what I mean? It's a very they're very high I don't want to say high speed, but 
Oh yeah, I guess high speed. They're they're moving, man. And whereas I know with you know with Bravo Company, at least from my experience, is hey, okay, something's going on. Let's you know take a knee. Let's you know at, at, you know uh, tactically and 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 move forward with it. Not these dudes, man. They went straight at it. And so that's how they expected us to to uh to work. But I I was not like that. You know what I mean? I I I come from a company like again where we try to do it as tactical as possible. And uh, but for the most part, you know, we did our job as as a as a sniper team and mm-hmm. and throughout the missions, you know, everything went well. But there was rough moments where they didn't like the way we operated as a sniper team. So and, you uh, they made it. They made you it felt like your experience in Bico was maybe more uh, deliberate, like it was more. Is that is that maybe how you describe it? So it was more like um, thinking through the steps yes. and then executing it, and you felt like Seco at the time was maybe a little bit more run and gun, maybe like at least for me, yes, right, right, and, and, and we're and we're speaking about obviously. We're speaking about a very specific point in time, very specific people. Yes. That's yes. probably even one platoon you were just working with. Another platoon. Yes, exactly. Same exactly. for Biko. Um, so um, love to everybody. Spread love. ELE. Everybody love everybody. Of course. <laughs> that's ELE. the first that's the first rule. So so but there but there were differences in how people were. And and so for me, who never worked with another company really, um, other than to goof around with the other team leaders or squad leaders at different like things, which which everyone was the same. But to see him work, I never really saw anybody. So, but I could pick up on like minor differences in how they thought. And I think I think that's interesting because it's it's also like part of the culture of a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I, that's why I thought it kind of made sense, at least initially, where you know the the specialty the specialty platoons would carve out you know take the brand new tab you know the tab brand new tab some of the brand new tabs and then put them right back into the same company i feel like that's that kind of makes sense because um there are some differences in how folks operate and so and then plus also it all it's all it could also help uh from the perspective of you've already got a lot of existing relationships you know you know all the team leaders like yeah. the team leaders are actually probably all your peer group. So they're all your buddies. And it's yeah. and if I'm a if I'm a team leader, I would like my sniper team, I would like my canine guy, I would like, you know, all those folks to be my buddies. I, I would prefer yeah. that if I if well, I, I was not that. <laughs> you yeah. were no one's friend. Okay. So they left us alone. You were, you were a friend of no man. <laughs> to no <So>. <laughs> Even in Bico, you're outcast for Bico. Why are we even talking to you? Why am I even asking your opinion then? So anyway, be my friend. So so okay. So I mean, so those last few deployments were. Would you say those were everyone like everyone likes to use the word kinetic? Was there a lot of combat action um, in those last couple deployments? And what time period is this, by the way? Ooh, let's see. I went to the sniper station. I went 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say my last combat deployment, if you will, mm-hmm. was 2013, 14, something like that. And uh, that was a good deployment. We got to work with uh, some Delta guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, it, it, it was a good deployment. It was uh, it was good to see how. Oh, well, that's another thing, you know. So I had been working with other companies. I got back with Beco Company, mm. you know, with, with my own my own company that I used to be in, and with the same guys that I that I was, you know, either a team leader or some kind of private together. And now seeing these guys themselves be team leaders or squad leaders, some of these guys were squad leaders, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I'll rank me. Not that I care, but it was to show you the process of how slow ranking process goes in a, when you're in like uh, special teams or, or, or the, uh, you know, headquarters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eventually I get to that point, but it, it was, it was weird to see them, you know, them being in charge. You know what I mean? It's like seeing, you know, it, but it was good to see them and, and, and you'd see how they operate and um, definitely different from when we started, mm-hmm. you know, the, the tacticalness is still there and everything. But it was um it was good to see how they how they worked. Um nothing special towards those end appointments mission wise. I think with Beco, we always get lucky to where we go in there and uh you know we, we know who the bad guy is and we know where he is and uh it's always like a smooth if you remember that. Some of the points were just like that's him, they grab him, we walk away and that's it. Well, sometimes stuff hits the fan and you have to do what you gotta do, but for the most part, nothing big with with Bico. Just you know what I did do, I used some of that stuff that I I did with Seco. You know what I mean? And kind of, mm-hmm. you know, did they, they? I want to say, um, Brother Company gave me the uh, the opportunity to kind of move along as as how as I as I wanted to, as I wished, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember this one the one deployment. We were on the backside of this gigantic of this of this uh, I want to say I want to say village, if you will. A little bit of a high ground. It's snowing out there, and uh, it's me and the other and the other uh, sniper buddy. If you <laughs> and he, I said, and uh, I see these two guys coming out the back door, and I'm like, so I call on the radio, but these guys on the other side, and, and um, you know, I have a, I had an opportunity. I said, listen, man, keep watching. I'm gonna go around, kind of flank these dudes, and just kind of you know, tell them to stop. And and uh, there's more to it, but I basically I got them to stop calling the radio. You know, they come in and, and 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 they take them. You know what I mean? And I go back to my position, and 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 that's it. But that those are those were the uh, the what do you call them? the JP? No JPs. Uh, the TIs. I that right? Yep. Target individuals that they were looking for. Oh, they were the, okay. They were the, okay. So you know the reason you were there. They were the, the reason we were there. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and which made me happy in the way that. Hey man, the fact that we were standing there overwatching the whole thing, you know what I mean? That's exactly what what uh, what the sniper section or the sniper job for for our for the way we use them is supposed to be. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be used. That's what we're supposed to do. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool on that last that last deployment actually. And um, aside from that, I mean, just regular sniper stuff, man. Nothing, nothing special, nothing big. So the so some so in that scenario, what specifically what specifically in that situation was something that you carried over from working with Seco? The freedom sort of, of movement. just sort of taking the initiative that part. Yeah. So so Seco had this thing where they're like, "I want you here. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you here. Come over here and do this." And I was like, "Okay, well, 
in, in my head, from the way I was saying, was well, we're supposed to set up here mm-hmm. and overwatch. But yeah. as long as you're as long as you're overwatching and one half, like I got my guy, my guy here. And another thing, you know, I was a team lead, I was a team leader at the time or a squad leader, whatever it was for the sniper section. Mm-hmm. So I, I was able to maneuver us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um so I would say, hey man, set set up here, I'm gonna go over here. You know what I mean? Because Seiko says to. Mm-hmm. But then after I was away from Seiko, I was like, well, I'll just keep doing that then. I'll keep maneuvering us around what to whatever makes sense. One thing I, I, I learned was this also from Seiko is that you don't both have to carry, at least for the way we operate, right? Mm-hmm. You don't both have to carry, you know, sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, we would, at, at times we would carry, we would both carry Airstrike 25s, which is a good sniper rifle with good scope and everything. And um, the, or, or, um, a 200 wind mag, which is a even better sniper scope, more, more accuracy, I think, uh, but they're heavy. So mm-hmm. instead of that, I would make the other guy carry a, you know, either two hundred women make if if it if it, we needed to, or a airstrike twenty five or M one ten a bigger sniper rifle, and I would carry just a regular M four when it's scope. I mean, why? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, like for example, Iraq, you know, it's more urban, um, right? It's more closed in. Mm-hmm. So if we do need to take a long distance shot, I got an airstrike twenty five. But if I'm just overwatching, go through a go through a building. You know what I mean? I can. You're not gonna. You, you can. You can hit a target with 300 meters with an M4. I know I can. You know what I mean? I know anybody or a quick ready up. You know what I mean? It, but it's more uh, compact, and you're able to move better. And if you have to jump in there, you you're able to do so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With an M4, and that's something that I saw other sniper guys do. And um, so I, you know, kind of copied that. But it helped us a lot. It, it worked out a lot. When I was yeah, go ahead. Sorry. When I when I was around, the snipers would just do their long gun, and then they'd have their pistol. Um, yep. Some of the other units that we worked with, or we were around, the snipers, their snipers might have like a sub gun. You know, they might like have some tricked out little thing to use for the like those close in shots. I mean, just speaking generally, is that something the sniper section had looked into or transitioned to, or were they, or was that still Long gun pistol. That was kind of like the setup for. We had long gun pistol, and that's because, like for example, even Afghanistan, but mostly Iraq, urban environment, mm-hmm. uh, you have to climb a lot of buildings, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't. And if you remember, and a lot of people in Iraq and still Afghanistan during the summer, they sleep outside, right? There's no air conditioning, and so you, you got to get cool air wherever you can. So you have a lot of people sleep outside, but then sometimes, you know, when you go to somebody's house. And you just jump in there, although freak out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you would do is in the sniper section, you, I would carry my pistol in my chest, right? So mm-hmm. if anything, if I was climbing a, a a wall or something, the first thing that comes out is like as I pop my head over that wall is 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 my my face and my gun. It's not just my gun out there and somebody grabs it. It's kind of like a simul thing, like whoa, and you clear that area and you move on, mm-hmm. and then once it's clear, put it away. And you know, cover the other guy or or, or set up shop, whatever you gotta do. Mm-hmm. But that's one way we use our pistol. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Three hundred Wimag is bolt action. So if you're having to every freaking time, you know, it, it's probably best to have a pistol in case you do have to engage quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, that's what we utilize. But I did see some guys, like I said, uh, use an M4 as as their uh, 
as the rifle for that mission or particular missions and have the other guy carry a a long, a long uh, rifle like a sniper rifle and that okay. works and, and so in your time the sniper section hadn't experimented with anything in between the long gun and a pistol like some units might have like an mp7 right like in like a machine oh. pistol or something like that that's not something that in your no. time at least that i i don't recall anybody doing that towards the end i did see some guys that would just rock uh m4s instead mm -hmm. of um sniper rifles mm -hmm. but the other guy there was always a sniper rifle in there it's just one or the other you know good that way they could be because then you're not snot right? you don't <laughs> exactly. have you don't have the yeah. snuff then how are you gonna <laughs> you just not so um okay uh around that time too was syria kicking off around that actually there are two things i wanted to ask about one of them is actually towards the beginning of your time in sniper section and i'm interested in your take i don't know that you and i have really talked much about this incident um and we're we're closing up here so We'll, we'll see um, about 10 minutes. Um, first platoon, after I left, uh -huh. and presumably after you were in the sniper section, they got in a really bad situation. I think it was yeah. like 2011, 2012, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And we and you and I knew plenty of guys who were still from our yeah. time of platoon who were still in. Um, yeah. I think the short version, I'll give the short version, is uh, they went to go do uh, a raid. Afghanistan, correct? Uh -huh. So Afghanistan, they went to go do a raid. Um, I believe it was a call-out. So the call-out situation is the platoon isolated the, the target building, the, the yeah. specific area. Um, and just like it says, they get the in interpreter on a bullhorn and say, hey, you're surrounded, come out, more or less. Um, and as they were going through that process, this house, the house, the individual, many of the individuals in it, some of the individuals in it, but the the land around the target was heavily heavily mined or, or heavily saturated with IEDs. So they basically walked into basically like a trap, basically. Yeah. Um, and and they took, I believe it was four or five killed in action. Um, mm -hmm. That included guys in the platoon. Um, uh, one or two enablers, female yeah. enablers. Yeah. Um, I think I think one or two. I think one was like sort of medically focused. Another one was um. What what, what was that unit called? They were part of. It's it's, it's um. It's not female. It's, it's um. Oh my goodness. I yeah. want to say SRT, not SRT, it's something like that. It's other like, other iterations of this type of thing were like female engagement team, something like that. But yes. these were these were these were women who were specifically trained to work special operations missions and support. They were all officers. Yes. Yeah, and they were and they were officers. Yes. Um and um I think there there might even be a movie about there there have been a couple books about, about this situation and those women, but I think really? there's a movie coming out. Yeah, I think Reese Witherspoon bought the rights to a movie. She's gonna put it out there eventually so anyway anyways so our platoon we so we both leave and then something really bad goes down um you you were in the sniper section but you were not attached to first platoon for that mission i take it no for that for that particular thing i was the that was my first appointment out of that was my first non-combat appointment oh 
So that that happened late on, later on. Man. So that, that was happened. later on. Okay, that wasn't 2011 yeah. then. Okay, yeah. so that was later on. That was later on. That happened. Uh, what was that? I was. Yes, I had taken because at the time, I, like my kids, they with you know they were going back and forth uh, between my uh, Houston and and um, and, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I have an opportunity after this deployment to to stay with them. And um, I had a platoon sergeant. I said, "Listen, you know, uh, a first sergeant." I said, "Is there any way that and the platoon sergeant?" I said, "Is there any way that maybe for this deployment, I, I could possibly, you know, uh, stay back or something?" Because my kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I asked that, and he goes, "He was really happy. I mean, very, very helpful." He said, "Yeah, man, you know, like the kids." And so they needed an armor, and I said, "I, I can do that." You know what I mean? So uh, I became the armor. And uh, they let me stay. But I ended up having to deploy anyways. But the training cycle was way different, way better. And I was able to, you know, spend more time with my kids at the time. But I ended up still deploying, but uh, as an armorer. And then after that, it was the headquarters platoon sergeant. I got the headquarters platoon sergeant job. And then I kind of transitioned out. Okay. So would you have, if you hadn't been pulled off the line, so to speak, um, yes. if you hadn't if you hadn't pulled back do you would you have would you have deployed with first platoon in that uh, deployment i think so probably yeah because that's what i deployed with last that's pretty wild yeah that's pretty wild um i'm not going to let you get out of talking about that but i want to make sure we have we're going to talk about that in the next episode a little bit more yes, um but but so we're we're gonna start with that in the next episode. But also Syria was kicking off towards the tail end of that, I think. I think around that time frame, 13, 14, whatever. Yes. And then, um, were you were we I know we sent guys over there for that. Um the regiment did. The regiment did. But had had third battalion caught any of those Syria deployments yet? Uh, at the tail end of your your not that not that i can not that i can think of or or remember for that part to be honest with you okay i know they were doing training for it Mm -hmm. uh, of some sort but i can't say with certainty that they did send guys over there i know that rrc was sending not as rrc Mm -hmm. you know i know those guys from from the regiment yes from i know those guys were doing part yeah, it was a little bit in wave, as it usually is, right? It's like yes. tier one guys, and then hey, let's get more bodies in here, and then all that kind of stuff. Okay, so let's end it here. We're gonna pick okay. back up with um, that mass casualty event. We'll talk about, and that's probably like a good seg. My guess is it's probably like a good segue into. Okay, now now you're out of a combat focused career, mm-hmm. and what that looks like what that feels like how that starts to mess with you and and all that but in in the three in the three so in these last couple minutes so ultimately you you left the sniper section because you just you had family stuff it'd been too long you needed to tend to some family stuff and get some things yeah yeah but part part of you know i was um i was better with my kids as much as i could mm-hmm. and then um I think I was mentally dwelling down on, you know, like, you know, what we were doing. So and and work. I want to spend time with my family, and and thankfully they were very, very nice and willing to work with me. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, got the honorable job and and then a little by little transition to the uh headquarters platoon sergeant job and then that landed me as a jock NCO, that's what it's called it over there overseas. Mm-hmm. And that was my last deployment there with them. And when you left the sniper section, how many straight deployments had you done before you switched to a non-combat position? Yes. I, I, Guess I, I, at least at least at least eight, eight, nine. Okay. All right. There you go. Nine deployments. Um, okay, that's good for this one. Right. We're gonna pick it back up. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. See you later.